Hey everyone, welcome to the Just Be Fit podcast. I am your host, Mitchie, and I am super excited you're here. We'll be talking about all things mental health, holistic well-being, and learning how to just be in the moment. As we go through our young 20s and understanding and seeing all the things that happen in life, it can get really hard. My goal is really just to promote that holistic well-being and show others that you're not alone in this crazy life journey that we go through. So super excited you're here and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, hey, my friends. Welcome to the pod. Here I am, as always, with a little post-intro slash pre-episode blurb snippets. So um, thanks so much for hopping on. Today, um, you're going to hear a really awesome episode with one of my good friends, um, Stephen, who in a few seconds you'll hear from, of course. Um, But I do just want to hop on here and say really quick, um, just as a disclaimer to this episode, we are talking about, you know, anxiety and some things that people can really, really connect with. Uh, we just really wanted to caution and say, like, this isn't medical advice. This isn't like Stephen's on his way to be a medical professional for sure. Um, but just please take this as, um, you know, just some storytelling and experience um, and inspiration of like getting through those hard times. But definitely please still, if you are struggling with any of these topics, like go seek some help, um, a medical professional and go about that in the best way for you. So uh, just saying that first and foremost. And then second, um, I just wanted to thank Steven because I didn't really get to on air, I guess I did, of course, after. But um, yeah, thank you, Steven, for taking time and just really going into this. Um, I really feel like people are going to resonate and like just really understand in their own way, of course, of like what this really feels like. And hopefully just everyone will get to feel like you're not alone and you can do this. Um, And then also we have a special, special, special guest um, and that's Bart. So if you hear little meows throughout the episode or just little random things like pawing and all that, um, he was a good sport. So we had a special, special guest there. Anyway, I'll stop talking now. (laughs) Let's move on to the episode. Um, Again, thank you so much for being here and I hope you enjoy. All right, welcome back everyone to another episode on Just Be Dot Fit. Today we have a special guest named Stephen Chang. Um, today we're just going to be talking about different things, um, like psychological wise, but really a focus on anxiety. So I'm super excited to have this talk today. And Stephen, do you want to give us some of your background, what you're doing, and kind of why you're passionate about this work? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm currently a fourth year medical student going into psychiatry. And I've already matched into psychiatry. So uh, I know I'm going to be a future (laughs) psychiatrist, um, as long as I pass all the hurdles from here on out. And yeah, I'm passionate about mental health, because one of the quotes that I've heard before is, it's one of the fields in medicine that you can change generations of lives if you do it right. And I think it's a very powerful form of medicine when done correctly um, and just incorporates everything about medical school that I loved. Um, so, yeah, psychiatry, mental health. <laughs> That's really awesome. I really like that quote. That's good, too, because um, everything like in medical is just so like you affect everyone and you help people but um i truly think with like even just growing up in my teens and then young adult life like mental health is like the root of everything to me like i don't care how much i can produce or someone else can produce at work 
if they're not okay in their mind, like you just can't function as well as you could before. So it's, it's really impactful work that you're going to do. So that's awesome. Congrats again. Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we talked a little bit about before about the episode. Um, and then Steven told me to shut up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just about like anxiety in general. And then we had talked a little bit before about like the different types and where it comes up and things like that. So what are some types that like you've come across and thought about? Um, I, I like to think of anxiety as like a normal everyday emotion. Um, but it can really be to anything from like from, from my own personal experience, I tend to have more anxiety when it comes to social situations, when it comes to like performing in front of others and being like judged, um, or being like graded on a presentation, um, public speaking, things along those Um, lines tend to get me anxious Um, or like oh I have this like match coming up yeah uh, at some sport like a tennis match um, or like taking a test that is going to uh, impact my entire future those are typically the things that like give me anxiety um, in the moment as well as leading up to it yeah and I think it's one of those like fundamental emotions that are very that is very context dependent like like in psychiatry we like to think about something in terms of at what point does some does a normal emotion become so overwhelming that it becomes a mental health diagnosis a disorder um and we like to think about it in terms like oh (laughs) (laughs) Bart said hi this is cat (laughs) um yeah i was saying like (laughs) After a certain point, like when something just becomes overwhelming or you feel like dysfunctional or it it feels like too hard or too overwhelming, I feel like at that point it becomes like a telltale sign of like, oh, I think I might have something going on Um, that's more than like normal or it could be normal in the moment. So yeah, I feel like that's really hard too because like as I was talking about before we started recording was like, I grew up just always like high functioning, like getting things done, always like go, go, go and all that. And like, that was normal until someone was like, whoa, like this is a lot. And even when I started going to therapy, I was like, I remember reading my doctor's notes for my referral for therapy. And it said like anxiety, depression, it said positive. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, this is normal. This is me though. But then I knew at that point, later on with burnout and all that, I was like, wait, I have felt loss of motivation, like way more than just the normal, like I'm not motivated today. You know, like there's like a, I feel like a line, everyone's just different that you cross that you're like, this is overwhelming. Like this is too much and where you're crossing over versus like just a normal. And like you mentioned too, of like, there's a certain point that's just, it's just who you are and how you operate. But after it gets so far that it's affecting other things, that's when you need to like see what you can do, maybe talk to people and stuff. So. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those things. There's like these questionnaires that clinicians like to use the PHQ nine. Um, it's like 10 or 12 questions and you answer them and it tells you about whether you have like depression or not. And then there's a GAD seven, um, which tells you if like about your anxiety symptoms. Um, but like a lot of the diagnoses that we learn in psychiatry and in the field of mental health comes from this 
book um, called the DSM, um, and it's currently in its fifth edition. And interestingly enough, I learned about this very recently, um, but they come up with these criteria for these um, diagnoses, and sometimes the it's very arbitrary, whether it's like, oh, if you meet five out of the nine yeah. symptoms, four out of the nine, three out of six, two out of five, you're positive for this disorder. And one of the, uh, one of the professors who sat in a lot of these meetings, um, developing, uh, developing these criteria was saying like, sometimes it's not what it's about. It's also about like the severity of those symptoms. Yeah, true. Um, and that changes, like that changes a diagnosis. And so, then also the fact that they cross, right? Cause aren't mm-hmm. there so many symptoms that are like in multiple different diagnoses? Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I'm glad you brought up that point. <laughs> Well, because I was, I remember I was talking to a family member before and I was like, you know, talking about this one specific um, diagnosis and I was like, well, you know, something along these lines, these symptoms. And they were like, wait, then wouldn't I have that? Or what if I had this? I'm like, no, because technically this has these symptoms too. And so it's like, I don't know, it gets really hard and it's very to the person I feel like, but yeah, like, I guess I always kind of wondered too, just like when you have so many, it's almost like when you google something and you're like oh i have these but so like the flu has a symptom and the cold has a symptom and whatever mm-hmm. yeah it's it's very hard to do a proper psychiatric diagnosis i think um, one of the big problems nowadays in psychiatry and medicine in general is that about i think it's about like 80 percent of the antidepressants and, and anxiolytics mm-hmm. They get prescribed in the PCP's office yeah. um, for a diagnosis as what I see in patient charts as anxiety or depression. Um, typically, we like to say like in psychiatry, like unspecified depressive disorder or like major depressive disorder. And then we have these like qualifiers um, or unspecified anxiety disorder, general generalized anxiety disorder or specific, more specific type, social anxiety disorder, specific phobia, like there's different, very different things. There's panic disorder. Um, and it becomes very nuanced. And sometimes it's hard to tell whether like, oh, is this appropriate to your situation? Um, it's not uncommon for a patient to go into a doctor's office and spend like 10, 15 minutes in an outpatient setting going to the clinic. And that's really like not enough time to get to know someone be like, Oh, and diagnose with something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's and pretty hard. So is that why like going to therapy and then maybe even going to a psychiatrist, like therapy, it's over time and they're getting to know you and then maybe having you take a couple questionnaires or things like that. What's to the point where they refer you to psychiatry? That's a good question. I think very, there's varying levels of, um, Different people do it differently, I guess is what I'm saying. But generally, when it comes to a disorder among the spectrum of like bipolar disorder or any psychotic disorder that's unrelated to uh, like drug use, um, medication or like illicit drug use, then they also typically refer to a psychiatrist. In terms of managing anxiety and depression that's really per 
the comfort level of the primary care doctor. So some people are completely comfortable not referring to a psychiatrist um, for typical, like just, I mean, I I don't want to sound insensitive, but like run of the mill, like depression or something like that. But it really depends on the provider. Generally, like the rule of thumb is if a patient becomes suicidal, they they typically refer to a psychiatrist. Okay. Um, or if just the depression or the anxiety is unmanageable beyond the first line therapy gotcha. uh, of SSRIs, um, then it becomes a psychiatry referral. Or the patient can ask, honestly. Yeah, true. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, I want to get set up with a psychiatrist. And yeah. Okay. That happens too. All right. So kind of going back towards the anxiety specific, though, um, I guess with like social anxiety, maybe even work anxiety, like performance, I guess that would almost be a better one because work and school are both like performance in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some like, I don't know, do you have any experiences with any of those or what do you feel like you felt towards them, I guess? Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I've I. I like to think of anxiety as a double-edged sword. Like one, it can fuel you and drive mm-hmm. you to do more than what you would typically expect. Um, because then you can say like, oh, that's what makes me tick. Yeah. Um, but it can also be so debilitating and overwhelming to a point where if you experience too much anxiety, then you feel overwhelmed and like can't do much. Like I've definitely fallen on both ends of the spectrum before um and i i forget the name of the graph but there's this curve of like how much stress you experience and how optimal your performance is going to be yeah it's like a bell curve so you so it's like you want to experience a certain amount of stress to perform optimally yeah because you need like the healthy amount yeah so yeah where you're still getting the motivation to do it but not so much where you're getting torn down by it yeah okay absolutely well in the context of like medical school um the hardest thing for me is being able to juggle multiple aspects of life Mm -hmm. um so if i'm dealing with oh i have i have to go into the hospital from 7 p.m to or 7 a.m to 4 p.m and then come back home um uh, make sure I do all my eating and sleeping and whatnot, but I also have to study on top of that yeah. uh, for these shelf exams um, that determine our grade for the clerkship as well as um, assess our learning overall. Um, at the same time, it's like balancing that schedule with like friends, family, and there can be drama there sometimes. Um, and when things hit the fan and there's multiple points of stressors in my life, like there's, there's been times where I've been extremely, extremely overwhelmed. Would, um, would you say like with the over being overwhelmed, like there's a couple ways to go. Like, like for me, sometimes there's just so much, it's like, I do nothing. Like I freeze mm-hmm, almost. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other part where it's like, I try to do a bunch of things and then I, in a way, like, you know, hypothetically like crash, like I'm just like, it's too much. I'm too stressed. And I just break down. Yeah. Um, so would you say there's like two different ways or multiple ways in that? You mean in terms of like how to manage yeah. it? Yeah, like managing all the different areas like you brought up. Yeah, um, that's a really hard question. I think 
I think the best thing to do is to like make sure we don't take on too much yeah or realize when there's a lot going on and just sort of like picking and choosing what bins we pour our energy into Mm -hmm. so that we can always save enough for ourselves because inevitably if there's going to be times in life when it's going to be really really hard yeah and I hope it doesn't happen to anybody, but like, like I've crashed many times before. Um, and a part of me looking back on it, I don't think there's anything that I could have done to prevent the crash from happening because I just had too much going on in my life at the time, um, both in my personal life, my family life and at work, like all three coming, come crashing down on me at the same time. Um, and I remember like having very low energy, um, and barely able to like stay afloat. Like even when I'm at work, I'm like a little like out of it, out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't do any of those things. Well, um, so I, I do think those moments of life sort of led me to think like, oh, I should, I I better get help. Like I, I better like work on. Like I better identify what my problems are and where like the source of it is so that I can work on it for the long term. Um, and I think there is a there is a way to like build up your tolerance for stress, but I think it takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, and it happens slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you have so many different important things, because I feel like that's where my mind goes. It's like okay, well, I have to find balance. I need to prioritize. It's like, I feel like I've already prioritized, but all of them are super heavy still. So like how, where do you take step backs? Like, and then, you know, just different expectations you might still have on yourself or like, of course, like for you, like, you know, going and mashing into psychiatry and like you had to work hard. You couldn't let like that anxiety of what was going to happen overcome you. And like for me with work, like, I have to do really scary meetings. I say scary, but they're just intense to me. And so it's like, okay, I could let the anxiety get the better of me. Of like, am I going to stutter? Am I going to mess up? Am I going to look like a fool up there? But then at the same time, it helped me work hard to get to that point. So it's like, how do you scale back whenever you, like you said before, like we need that healthy balance. Um, I don't know, just different thoughts in my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think balance is one of those things where, it's never going to be 50 50. Like it's, we try to aim for 50 50, but that's never how it works out. Sometimes 60, 40, 70, 30 is the best balance we can achieve at that time. And then it'll flip into like, Oh, okay. Now my work is like way more chill. I'm feeling more comfortable in my day-to-day routine. Everything feels fine. Now I have more capacity to like go ham at the gym or like prepare for this like marathon or, um, and then life throws you more curveballs and you got to prepare for something else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like, or like going through a breakup or like family member passed away. Yeah. Like these that. are heavy things. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you never can really expect them. I think it's super cheesy, but it's very true when people say like, you have to experience the lows to get, to really appreciate the highs in life. And that's something that's like, I don't know. It's just really huge, especially when you're going through, whether it's anxiety, depression, whatever it is that you're going through. It's like, it's really easy to sit and sulk in the like, why me? Why is this happening? Or like, 
how do I scale back on certain things? Like I have to get things done. And it's, I don't know. I feel like sometimes it feels like a really like just deep hole that you're in, but whenever you start to slowly see that light or maybe slowly get that balance or things start to be a little less heavy, then you start to appreciate like, this is what you do have. And I don't know. It just really gives you that perspective because without it, I mean, life would just be a straight line and be boring. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They say, um, or I wouldn't say they say, but very few people say that it's emotional velocity that we feel. We can't necessarily know how well we're doing in life based on how fast or slow we're going. Yeah, that's a good point. Like it's that concept in physics where we can really only detect the changes. So we know we feel good if we've been feeling bad, like the day before, the minute before. It's the contrast. It's the contrast. It's the comparison both to ourselves and to other people around us. So it's that like change that we detect and I think that plays a major factor in terms of like mentally being able to put a perspective on things um that's very easily modifiable in my opinion um like in some ways I like to think to myself oh I had these things growing up And then now I'm at a point where I have gotten to medical school, you know, I've gone through match or like I have my own money and I'm able to make my own decisions with what I do with that money. And there's, I can like buy myself a TV if I wanted a TV, little stuff like that. I think of like, oh, I don't, it's really easy to take like these little things for granted. Yeah. But all it takes is like for me to just put myself into a space of like, wow, I've come so far. And I yes. really, really appreciate that. That's super important. Sometimes like it happens randomly, at least for me. Like I'll just sit there and for a second, like everything just hits. It's like, wait, I've done a lot. Like even all the hardship and the hurt and anxiety, whatever years going on, it's like, you came a long way. It's always super important to like look back and appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Another thing um, that I thought about too was someone, I think I'd mentioned this before on a previous podcast too, it's just like your emotions are just emotions. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, I feel like I can get kind of like controversial because like you also like, like, how am I trying to word this? Basically just the fact that like when I realize and come to terms with like my anxiety, my like fears, my like worry, all of that, they're just feelings are not me. When I can separate that, it's like a sense of calmness finally. <laughs> so yeah, that's another thing too, I guess that was kind of going through my mind with the anxiety piece and the balance and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was talking to a few guys about this the other day, but I was fortunate to hear their stories of like hitting rock bottom and I, I don't wish it on anybody, but at the same time, I've, I know I've hit rock bottom at least once in my life. Um, and there's something, I think there's something powerful in experiencing the lows of life. And just knowing that you can come back from that Mm -hmm. Um, because it's, it's almost like being able to accept failure. And that's probably been the 
like one of the single greatest things that has helped me for my anxiety when it comes to work, when it comes to um, being in front of other people and interacting with people. Um, it's like if I've failed before and I've been fine. Yeah. Like what's, what's going to happen if you fail this test? Like, of course you want to take things seriously, but yeah. like, like what does it really do to you? I guess when you come to that, like just hardcore truth, like I, I know there are different therapists too that will do that that way. They'll have you like say your fears and what you're worried and they'll just say, okay. And then what, mm-hmm. like, then what happens? It's like almost like that, just like gut check of like, okay, what's really going to happen? And have you gotten through something hard before? Yeah. So with kind of like something I recently, which is we talked about doing this podcast before um, like Christmas break and all that. Um, But I recently had kind of this experience and basically like when you realize in the moment wait i'm feeling anxious like i feel like that's taken me years because like we had talked about earlier too is like growing up i was just always high functioning like that's just me that's my normal that honestly at one point i was like that's just what drives me like i don't Mm -hmm. like being slow i don't like staying at home all day like i just can't do it and so like i finally i accepted that fact of like this is just who i am but i also have to realize okay this is just who i am but also i need to find balance into like slowing down because my body, like my mind wants to go, 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 but my body's going to catch up eventually. It's going to be like, Hey, chill the hell out. So, um, with all that though, with like a past experience, um, recently was just like when I felt the anxiety where I was just already slow, I was just sitting and I felt myself like my emotions inside. And like some signs for me was just like, I kept shaking my leg. Mm-hmm. And then like, I was getting in my head and I was like, I was in a comfortable situation. I didn't want to be there. And like I felt myself just not feeling okay. And I guess that can be in different contexts too. Like if you're waiting to take a test or if you're, you know, going up in front of leadership, things like that. So I guess my question here is just like, what are some triggers or signs or I guess there's different. So there's triggers and there's signs of your, of your symptoms um, that you feel like are kind of common. Yeah. I think let's talk about the signs first. Okay. Um, I think there's, there's like a few, it's, it's kind of a spectrum. I like to think of it. And when I do a psych history and physical, I like to ask about the certain symptoms that I correlate to what anxiety looks like. Um, so anxiety could be like in a short setting, um, in an acute setting, I think of it as this like very visceral feeling like you, you, you know, when it's coming on mm. um, and it's certain signs and symptoms like, like hyperventilating, yeah. feeling short of breath, your heart rate goes up. You feel like this discomfort in your chest or in your abdomen. You could feel nauseous, potentially even vomit. You could feel numbness and tingling um, in your face or your fingers um, and just like this overall sense of like doom and fear and just like powerlessness. Almost like you're not safe. Like your body's convinced you're not safe. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It's, I think it's one of those things where it's, it's very neurologically correlated um, with the way like our ancestors mm. evolved in an environment to like they evolved in this environment to like have this like fight flight or freeze response. And that's very correlated with anxiety. Um, and it's sort of like what we expect, you know, it, 
those things can help a lot because it's really ramping up our sympathetic nervous system. It's getting up us ramped up and potentially could have like saved one of our ancestors from yeah. like getting it's like we don't killed. need that now though Hopefully but we don't not. need that no absolutely <laughs> yeah. i mean it's it's much harder to modulate that in a modern environment mm-hmm. where there's so many triggers and we're and i don't think we're we've evolved to the point where we're able to deal with this um very well yet but those are the signs and symptoms of like an acute anxiety attack typically we like to think of it as people also call it panic attacks yeah um but it's not it's normal but if it happens a lot and you're worrying about that then that at that point it becomes a problem Mm -hmm. like say like oh every time i worry about like public speaking i i get these symptoms and i get like freeze up and then you worry about having that on stage or um whatever then it becomes like oh my god this is like preventing me from being able to do what I love. Mm-hmm. And at that point it becomes a problem. But like, these are the symptoms of like an acute panic attack. Chronically on the scale of like weeks to months, anxiety can look like a lot of worrying, a lot of uncontrolled worrying. Like the classic symptoms are like having a blank mind, um, being very, easily fatigued it's like why am i so tired all like always feeling like ramped up um feeling keyless like sort of like on edge um restless uh having having a like a i said blank mind decreased concentration um like that's another thing so is that one the one where it's like it's ongoing for weeks and then you start to feel those like mm-hmm. repercussions of it? Like, is it almost like your body was like, so like if you have anxiety for weeks and days and days and days, like if you're starting out and you're going good and you're going, going, going all day and then you start to just feel tired, is that kind of like the catch up of it almost? Yeah. Or is this like over more like weeks? So I'm, I'm thinking of like it, the time scale for anxiety disorders typically tend to be in months, like past six months. Okay. Um, so if you're like experiencing, like just feeling tired a lot, especially just having gone through your day and not having much energy or just feeling like, oh, you know, like it's, it's one of those symptoms that we look for. It's not like a defining symptom specific to anxiety. Um, yeah we try to rule out every other like medical explanation of something before tacking on a psychiatric diagnosis. Um, but yeah, I say like, Oh, I'm feeling like tired all the time. You know, like I wake up, I go to work and I just like, I can't really focus at work. Um, my mind's all over the place. I'm thinking about a bunch of different things and you know, like, my work isn't going like the way I wanted to. And then like, this is also going on in my life with like my parents or like, this is also going on with like my kids or like whatever. It's like the worrying is like the main symptom. It's like overcoming you that it's tolling you down kind of. Yeah. Okay. It's like the constant worrying and especially like the uncontrollable worrying yeah. is the most 
classic symptom of an anxiety disorder. Okay, so with all the like different things getting overwhelming, like this isn't a uncommon thing, like anxiety and stress and all that, like it can happen any area of our life. And honestly, as much as sometimes it sucks to think about, it's always going to happen. So learning to manage and learning to like cope and get through it and like have different tips, whether you are in school, you go back to school, if you're in a career, like what are some things that you feel like are really helpful for any of us to take away? Um, I think one of the things like identifying your triggers. So is it like, like what, what is making me worry? Is it speaking in front of other people? Is it being in front of other people, being in front of a specific group of people? Yeah. Um, is it like off, like authority figures? Um, is it like everything? Is it being in a, like going outside or like, this might get really silly or like, is it like, you know, holes or like spiders or like, you, it might sound kind of silly right now, but like sort of identify like what is making us react in that fearful way. Yeah. Um, so that would be my first thing. Um, and secondly, I think when it comes to performance, social anxiety, um, relating it back to like giving presentations or being in front of people, um, we have to be around people all the time, um, to climb the corporate career ladder. Um, (laughs) and I feel like or going out networking and meeting new people yeah. and that might feel very uncomfortable. A lot of these things can be managed uh, in a way. And as cliche as that sounds, it's sort of like becoming more comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. So in that sense, practice makes perfect. And mm-hmm. it's something that athletes do. It's something that um, routines help with is just, when you do something over and over and over and over again, you're going to feel less and less anxiety in the same context. Yeah, that's interesting. It makes me think back to college when I had to do, I had digital marketing, social media marketing. Both of those classes had the same professor and he wanted us to just do, most of the class was just presentations. Mm-hmm. And I remember like the last, not, not even the last, probably like halfway through the different presentations we did in both of those classes, I was just kind of over it in a way that yeah. I didn't like, like I cared how I did. I was high functioning anxiety right before it. Like I got nervous and I was like, okay, I'm about to go up there and speak. But then like, as you get going, then the more you do the presentation, I did notice it was just kind of like, okay, like I've done this before. I've got this, like almost reassuring yourself. Like, again, I'm safe. I got this. I, I did it last time. I can do it again. Um, so not that it wasn't scary every time five minutes before it and right up before it, but it was like just the repetitiveness, I guess, like you said, and being okay with, I'm going to get uncomfortable tomorrow at the presentation, but I've got to do it for my growth. Yeah. 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 I think another, another tip that I have for specifically performance anxiety, I'm, I know I'm talking a lot about social anxiety, performance anxiety. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. Um, Another thing is like practicing the way you perform. So for a lot of people, and when it comes to like taking tests or like 
um, practicing in the lo- uh, in, in the gym and then it not translating onto the court or the track or whatever. It's like being nervous the day of. It's important to practice, like have sessions um, where you're able to mimic environment and the environment in which you're about to perform in. So with like test taking, for example, I have to take these um, board exams that last about eight to nine hours. Oh my gosh. So it, we, and we literally take, spend months um, and some people even years, like it's supposed to test like everything we've ever known since we stepped foot onto the medical campus. Yeah. Um, and we train for it like an athlete, essentially. Um, we increase the intensity of studying leading up to the exams. And we do like these like practice tests where we try our best to like mimic the environment of the testing center. Yeah, okay. Um, like, oh, I go in the morning. What is the drive going to look like? Is it, am I going to hit traffic on the drive? Is that going to stress me out before the test? Like I work, like before I take this exam, I literally drive to my test center like the day before, two days before, just to get the, get a sense of it. No, it's literally the same because like athletes do the same thing. They'll go run the track of the race or something mm -hmm. like that before. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, I go in there, check out, scope out, where's the bathroom, you know, like I don't want to be worrying about this the day of, um, or like, what am I going to eat? Like, I just make sure to bring my water. Am I going to make sure I don't drink so much water that I'm, I need to pee during the middle of my um, exam blocks? Um, and what foods am I going to eat so that I'm able to like sustain myself for eight to nine hours? Um, and yeah, like stuff like that, or like, comedians and comedians practice doing sets like in front of smaller audiences before they go on their big stage um and they practice their jokes and see like how their uh how their jokes hit um and how people respond to it and they sort of like work through that process um or like i don't know it's like singing or presenting in front of other people you could start with one person start with a friend someone who won't judge you and then like work your way to like more people and then like do that enough times and you'll you could be like a public renowned speaker and speak in front of like a thousand people without feeling too much pressure i was say it doesn't mean you won't be nervous before it you will but it won't feel as intense as it would the first time Yeah, yeah yeah and it's Anxiety is like, it's a normal feeling. As long as it's not uncontrollable, mm-hmm. it's actually good for you. Because yeah. you could also be on the be on the slope of like, oh, I'm not interested in this. This does not excite me at all. Yeah. Like that means you're on that left half of the bell curve where you're not going to be doing anything because this, this doesn't so make you tick. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the butterflies in our stomach. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Those are all really good. Um, So take that as you will, everyone. We did want to say, or I want to say that um, not trying to come on here and diagnose anyone or anything along those lines, like everyone is so different. So uh, we just wanted to be able to relate and say like, you know, this is normal. This is something you can work through and find out what that, is for you and um just keep pushing along because there's lows but there's also really great highs so yeah
Anything else you want to add? Yeah, just sort of adding on to that disclaimer, I'm I'm not currently a medical doctor, and I will be soon, but... Um, he will be. This, yes, don't, don't take this as medical <laughs> advice. If you, um, if you feel like you're struggling and you need some help, um, go see a therapist, go see a, a primary care doctor, or go see a psychiatrist. Um, they'll be able to provide you with the necessary information. These are just like little tips and tidbits um, to help you along, but it's not official medical advice. Oh, show. Don't sue me. Experience. (laughs) Just sharing experiences, and that's all we can really do, and that's what this whole thing's about because you're not alone. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was super fun. Got to talk about lots about different things. Um, So I hope you got something out of it. Um, as always, make sure you follow justbe.fit with two eyes on Instagram. Um, leave any reviews, any questions, throw anything at me you want. Just DMs are open, whatever. So um, as always, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you guys, and I'll see you on the next one. Bye.